When we think about some of the greatest leaders in history, or at least since we've really been able to record in this first season the word it's not often just the decisive actions that they took, but also the words that they used. Think King, Kennedy, Roosevelt, Eleanor, not Franklin, Churchill, Lincoln, Truth, just to name a few. All would be famous because of the actions they took in their lives, but also because of the words they spoke. Think of phrases like, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, or we choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do the things and to do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Or, it isn't enough to talk about peace. One must believe in it. And it isn't enough to believe in it. One must work at it. Or, we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never resist. We shall never surrender. Or, four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth in this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Or, I have as much muscle as any man, and can do as much work as any man. I have plowed and reaped and husked and chopped and mowed, and can any man do more than that? All of these quotes, I imagine, are, for the most part, quite readily recognizable to you. There's a certain flourish to these words that shows the careful nature with which they were crafted and the intention that was behind them. And these words have staying power because they are just that. They're powerful. They remind us that our words can be powerful enough to shape the world around us. But words can also be used to tear down as much as they can to be to build up. I'm reminded of one of the lies that we often tell ourselves uh, and we like to perpetuate with our children, and that is the old sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I mean, I think we tell it out of a good place. We want to believe that words don't hurt, but that's not exactly true. Words are powerful. Words affect us. Powerful words can hurt, and not just emotionally. Words can be used to divide and destroy and incite and declare, and these things can indeed cause real harm. The good and the bad. These are the power that uh, our words have. Barbara Brown Taylor, uh, a noted author, speaker, theologian, and uh, Episcopal priest, wrote, Whether we mean it or not, we construct worlds with our speech. Describing the world we see, we mistake it for the whole world. Making meaning of what we see, we can place it with God's meaning. Then we behave according to the world we have constructed. This may be how our words are most powerful, shaping the world around us with our words, and again, words that are more powerful than we often even realize. They have the power to build up and create new alongside the power to distort and damage. 
Think for a moment about the idea of privilege. All of us have some privilege to varying degrees, and that privilege can shape how we see the world and how we react to the world around us and the words we use. Those words then become our understanding of God and our understanding of God's reality in the world and how God sees the world. And depending on how we see and understand our privilege, this can really go either way when it comes to harm or good. With all this in mind, we return to our scripture lesson from this evening, which James, again, is another, uh, gives us another example of uh, very practical theology. James is pretty straightforward and gets right to the point and doesn't have too much uh, flourish uh, beyond metaphor that explains exactly what he's trying to say. And he begins with this cautionary uh, warning that says, not many of you should be teachers. Because we who teach will be judged with great strictness. And just to be clear, when he says teachers, he doesn't just mean folks who stand in the pulpit or folks who just stand in front of the classroom. But all of us are teachers in one way or another in our lives. And when we interact with others, we become teachers. And so he gives this warning, we who teach will be judged with great strictness. Stephen goes on to say that we all make mistakes, echoing Paul's for all have sinned and fallen short. And in our imperfection, there is always risk that our words will be wrong, and that what we will teach will be from a wrong understanding. And so he's warning us, you don't all want to be teachers, because when you teach things, you're held responsible for the things you teach. That's a heavy burden, because our words are powerful. Our words have value and meaning and strength behind it. But James goes on a little deeper to explain just how all of this works and why we must use careful consideration when we do use our words. He describes words like a fire. Think of a forest fire. It starts off small. How many forest fires start with a small campfire that was left unattended or a cigarette fire or something as simple as that and turn into the blazes that we've seen in California this year. Maybe it's not even something you said intentionally. Maybe it was just an offhanded comment that wasn't meant to mean anything. But that little thing can spread like wildfire and burn through us all. Our words can burn and spread like rapid fire. And part of that's because the more we say it, or if I say it to one person, and then they say it to another, and then they say it to another, before long, it's spread all around. Think about how gossip spreads. Gossip has a great way of spreading in most communities really, really quickly. The juicier, the faster. And it's because the more someone tells it, and before long, it's spread among everybody, and everyone is believing it. And that gives that power. He also uses this metaphor of salt water. Now, if you've ever been to the beach and gone swimming in the ocean, I'm assuming you've probably gotten some salt water in your mouth. And I'm also assuming most of us, when that happens, we're going to spit the salt water out because it's kind of gross. 
Yet, once, you, once you've done that, that salt water remains. The salt taste remains in your mouth until you're able to wash it away with something fresh. That salt remains with you. So do words. Even when we disavow words, words can continue to have power and continue to grow. They can linger and continue to even shape us. Again, why words are so powerful. Why we really have to be careful with our words. Now, if you've been following along the past few weeks, as we've talked about James, James is also a book of action, not inaction. So James, I don't believe, is telling us to never speak. James has warned us against teaching false doctrines and teachings, but not so much that we never share. Remember, James is about teaching a faith that works, that's active and alive, a faith that is spread partly through the work of the Holy Spirit and partly through the things we say and do. James here is more warning us to choose our words carefully, to be very careful with what we say and do, and to make sure the words we do use, to the best of our ability, reflect God and God's hope and life and love into the world. And with all of that, what I really want you to take from this message today is that there's a message that we're called to go out and share. But we tame our words with the true basics of us. And that is this, that we are called to love God, to love one another, and to love ourselves. And we can tame our tongues and use our words in powerful and incredible ways, really incredible things can happen. I mean, let's just be real here and realize that this message has been being shared for 2,000 years because these words are powerful and they continue to be powerful generation after generation because these words continue to be proven true year after year, decade after decade because there's something powerful about these words of God's love for us. And I also want to give you one more example from uh, the last couple of years of how words can be powerful and transformative when used carefully, and how they can create real change and really make a difference. Think about the Me Too movement. It was last year when this movement kind of erupted in a couple days' time. It's a, a movement of individuals dedicated to lifting into the light the truth about the prolific nature of sexual harassment and assault and the acceptability and permissibility that society has given to it that oftentimes is overlooked or at least looked away from. Now, this actually began back in 2006, but it didn't really have the right conditions to catch fire until last year when Alyssa Milano tweeted hashtag me too following the allegations against Harvey Weinstein and then invited others to share their stories as well. And in sharing these stories, suddenly it was everywhere. I remember sitting at home I'm pretty sure it was my day off and seeing all of a sudden all these things in my Facebook feed 
me too, me too, me too. And then you begin to realize the context that people are using me too, and just how prevalent it has been, and how one person sharing encouraged another person to share, and encouraged another person to share. And it created this space for people to be open about what had happened and share their stories. It became no longer this dark secret that most people would just turn their heads away from. And it was an opportunity to see justice done, or at least hopefully stop it from happening again. And it's only continued to grow in impact. They just had another person, another one of these powerful people, taken down last week for abuse of power and for mis- uh, abuse of uh, co-workers. And, uh, and it continues to work to create this conversation, to continue a conversation. And it all started with words, simple words in the right place at the right time, and they became powerful. But what I'm hoping is a huge step for our society to actually address something that really happens. My hope that this is going to be something that continues to bring to light uh, this this uh, occurrence, this tragedy that we've had until we can say no longer that most women are affected by this, and some men. Until we can truly live in a world where women are treated with the dignity and justice that they deserve. That's what the hope of this new movement is. And it's continuing to go. And that's the power of words. It started with these two little words mean to Words can transform lives, they can transform the landscape of our nation. They can spread like wildfire, and they can offer us hope and share truth where it is lacked. Truth is, today words can go faster and farther than they ever have in all of human history. And this means we can take the gospel, a gospel that declares God's love for each of us, that declares the dignity and worth and importance of every person, that shows us that we have been gifted to go out into the world and be change makers. This gospel that for 2,000 years has been spreading the truth of our, of our forgiveness of our sins and the inclusive embrace of God who has never stopped loving never stop reaching out to us. The gospel that tells us God is big enough for us to have hope. These are the powerful words that we get to share. This is the movement we get to be a part of. This is the difference that we get to Especially when we're careful and we scream our tongues and we turn away from words that tear down and destroy. And we share that good news of God's hope in great love. Thank you.